We are live once again. Everybody knows every Tuesday at 8, it's time for another exciting edition of the MCW cast. I'm Legacy MCW announcer, Larry Legend. I'm MCW promoter, Dan McDevitt. And I'm Tara. Welcome to episode 24. Wow, 24 hours in a day, and here we are with 24 episodes under our belt. Mm-hmm. And, uh, hey, big anu- announcement this past week. We're back. We're back. Resurrection, July 24th, MCW Arena. How appropriate is it that we can come back in the month of July? How significant, you know, thinking of our legacy and where we came from, that July is kind of like our month Mm -hmm. to really hit a home run. We're not going to be able to pack the place like we once did, but it just seems right that we're we're coming Mm -hmm. back with our first show since the global gimmick in the month of July. Yeah, July 19th, 1998, that was the very first show. That's right. And here we are, July 24th, yep. 2021, for the comeback, 16 months yep. later. And we're talking about it right here on episode 24. And uh, speaking of episodes, how about last week's episode and, and a yeah. blast from the past in studio with us, the Ghetto Mafia. The, yeah, it would have been fun to have Keenan, but I know we were having trouble locating him. It was great to catch up with Two Dope and Sideswipe and just go down memory lane and hear different things from their past and just to hang out with them it was it was a fun episode yeah it was very reminiscent of some of our times hanging out after shows yeah. remember sideswipe would hang out with us and especially yep. christmas parties back at bone breakers oh, yeah yeah, yeah bone breakers i'm I, wearing the legacy I t-shirt see. here for where we first came from but yeah that was an awesome awesome episode and fans give us feedback let us know what you thought about it we still like to hear from you about which guests you'd like to see. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Let us know. Is there a blast from the past you would like us to track down and bring in for you? We were just, before we went on the air, we were just talking about that amongst ourselves. But we would certainly like to hear from you all what who you would like to hear from. Yep, absolutely. Um, so with, uh, I guess, July only a couple a couple weeks away, one of the things we've been getting a lot of questions about, Leo Rush, mm. he'll be making an appearance he, he will be here. He'll be doing a signing. Um, he'll be making an appearance, and he will be surrendering the Rage TV title uh-huh. um, because, unfortunately, even if he hadn't, we hadn't run into the retirement um, with his shoulder, which he's been pretty open about, um, and his, the treatments that he had to have on his shoulder, he would be out of action for a couple months anyway. Yeah. So he will be there. Leo will be at Resurrection, but he will be just doing a signing. Doing a signing and relinquishing the MCW Rage yeah. Championship. It could be your last chance to see Leo Rush, you oh, know, wow. doing a signing or, you know, if you're if you're on the fence about coming and checking it out and, you you know, you're a fan of Leo Rush, this might be that time you want to come and just say, hey, man, thanks for everything you did and, you know, best of luck. And also <clears throat> from AEW, the Varsity Blondes, they will also be just doing a pre-show signing. They, wa- they won't actually be competing. Had a lot of questions, but who will be competing? Um, Shane Taylor Promotions, the oh. world six-man tag team champions. And we're waiting to hear ver- uh, uh, verification from Ring of Honor. Um, they may possibly be defending the six-man tag team titles. At, uh, we're, just, we're waiting to get that final clearance from, um, from Ring of Honor. But and you know, we talked about that a couple weeks ago, this cross-promotional thing that is happening in other companies, too. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's interesting to see the openness to that, to something that, you know, maybe several years ago or even recent years would not have happened, this, you know, <coughs> cross-promotional and title defenses. And we've been lucky to develop a quite a good um, working relationship with Ring of Honor. 
Mm-hmm. Um, in many ways, um, you know, a lot of training, a lot of our guys were taken into the dojo. A lot of the dojo guys have been training at our place. So it's a really good, um, you know, hand-in-hand working relationship, and they've been good to us. So um, it's been it's been great, I think, beneficial for both of us. I agree. I remember we had a, a prolific Moses and Con right here as mm-hmm. guest as on, on the cast. So yeah, early early on in our early NCAA on right after cast. right after their title win. That's so. right. Yeah, they yeah. bought those shiny belts right here into our studio. And Took on, up half the table, really. Yeah. <laughs> well, not them, but the belts. Well, yeah. Well, now yeah. with Shane Taylor in the mix, That's they're right. going to take up half the the damn building. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and if you're checking out, if for anybody checking out the podcast, if you're listening on the podcast platforms not watching on YouTube or Facebook like Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Spotify, or Stitcher. Um, Make sure you check out our YouTube or Facebook, however you prefer to consume your video, because we've been airing um, MCW breakthrough episodes, which Mm -hmm. basically a lot of of what you're going to see over the three episodes of of breakthrough, they're all about 90 minutes each, um, leading up over the next couple weeks will lead into a lot of the matches that you'll end up seeing matches that'll be set up that you'll be seeing on um resurrection on july 24 so a lot of people that's the other thing what matches what matches are we going to see and it's like well you just watch breakthrough yeah. and another question that i've gotten from some fans uh you know we traditionally do this sh- the shane shamrock cup mm-hmm. in july and some fans have been asking are you having the shamrock cup it's coming <laughs> so we can we can talk about that so. we just kind of figured out the schedule the shamrock cup's gonna it looks like it's going to be in october mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. It looks like it's going to be in October. One of the reasons we didn't want to do that and, and a Bruiser tribute, I, I got a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Um, people are saying, you know, are we going to honor Bruiser on the first show back? And the reason that we chose not to um, do the Bruiser show or the Shamrock Cup on the first show back is because um, anybody that paid attention listened to us talking about us dealing with the Maryland State Athletic Commission which was kind of difficult um, for like two months leading into us. This announcement is we were being told a lot that things were going to be heavily restricted. Um, one of the things that kind of happened in our favor was the governor of Maryland, Governor Hogan, um, dropped a leg Uncle on a Larry. lot of restrictions. Yeah. And um, and that kind of helped things up. Otherwise, it was looking like the first show was going to be heavily restricted even with the amount of people that, you know, at one time we were hearing things like we may only be able to have 100 or 150 fans for right. our first wow. show back. So we were, when we were hearing that, you know, two months ago as mm-hmm. we were leading into this announcement, we, we were like, we don't, you know, number one, we know that doing a show for Bruiser, the, the fans, it was going to be something they wanted to attend, but also the Shamrock Cup being like our big show of the year. We didn't want to come back to a show that's restricted to only a potentially 100, 150 fans. Um, and it's like a, a, a huge event. So we decided we were just going to come back <clears throat> with a first show. And kind of Resurrection is it's kind of a good title because we are being resurrected after, you know, close to a year and a half off. Um, and then we'll lead into those shows. So I think it's looking like October, potentially, we're probably going to be doing Shamrock Cup. Mm-hmm. Um and the Bruiser show looks like possibly September, but in the next week or so, we'll have all the dates announced. 
we're, we're just lining them up with the commission. But, yeah, we are going to do it. Shamrock Cup. And if fans recall, at the very first Bruiser Strong Rumble that we had, the winner of that then went on to have a place at the Shamrock Cup. So it does make sense to, you know, do them in that order and everything. And um, if anybody who's ever been in our building in July, you will know that it's yeah. a little warm in here. So having, um, mm-hmm. having what is potentially usually our biggest show of the year – in the hottest month of the year in Maryland is uh, I'm all in favor of moving that to a little bit cooler yeah, and, time. <laughs> and that's that's one of the other reasons too why we weren't we were thinking like well you know what it's not going to be that big a deal if we're heavily restricted because it is July and in Baltimore anybody that's familiar <laughs> with Baltimore weather it's just crazy I mean one day it can be 110 degrees and the next day it's 65. 100 percent like, and With that's 200 percent humidity yeah, oh, and, that's, yeah. And, it, and it always seems like you know around our show that we do in july it'll be cool all week and then it's 115 fun fact traditionally speaking the third week in july is our hottest on record every single year i know this is useless knowledge but it's in there well it always, that always, that always <laughs> seems the shamrock cup favorite, does yeah. generally wind up being around the third week in july so yes indeed all right. Well, who uh, we've we've got some we've got a guest this week. Oh yeah, yeah. In the studio with us, someone that's from the guild that I am a participant in and have been for years. MCW Pro current announcer, the one and only Danny Mays. Right after this. All right, we are back, and our guest in studio today is none other than Danny Mays. Welcome to the show. Greetings. Thank you so much for having me. This is the first time I've gotten to see the. Uh, the room in person, it just, it, you're surrounded by so much history. It's, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome to be here. Yeah, it must make you feel right at home. A lot of blue. Yes, yes. Because in my eyes, when I think about the lineage of, of MCW Pro, of course, you know, we were Maryland Championship Wrestling. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was a lot of, even with my jersey here, my legacy jersey, a lot of red, yellow, black, white, mm-hmm. the Maryland flag. And, you know, as time changed, we evolved. And I kind of uh, associate you with the colors that are prominent in this room which is the mcw pro logo you know i guess we'll get into probably later the the creation of the logo and kind of the back and forth that we had Mm -hmm. on all that but uh but it it was i think it was a deliberate a deliberate shift to kind of uh honor the past but make it clear that we're moving uh you know moving in a different direction so uh and a less localized direction because you know that was the same time that we entered the streaming you know arena and so people all over the world were able to watch MCW. And I remember when we first started Rage TV, you and I would talk, Dan, mm-hmm. and, oh, there's somebody in Canada watching. There's somebody because we, <clears throat> we could see where our subscribers were coming from. And it was really neat, you know, to feel like we were not just, you know, restricted to Maryland. We mm-hmm. were broader than that. Yeah. And even <clears throat> even too, just when we were start running shows outside like Delaware, or Virginia, you know, we would do fundraisers It's schools. I would always get like. You know, well, why, 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 why should we do a show with Maryland Championship Wrestling? Sure, like we want to do a show, but aren't you Maryland? Cha-? It was like, well, yeah, well, we can still do a show in Virginia. Oh, you can. Like, you yeah. <laughs> get like people that would want to do fundraisers and events, and then be like, yeah, but is there a Delaware Championship or is there? Right. A Virginia? <laughs> well, like, yeah, but you know, you can do. And I was just kind of like, maybe if we're going to be doing this and we're we're streaming more, we should probably, you know, um, yeah, head in a different direction. So it kind of worked out on all four format you know work out for everything for what we were thinking so well dan you were you were a fan i still am a fan i mean that's that's the that's the heart of it right um yeah so uh jeff amder the uh the old mcw timekeeper uh was my spanish teacher in high school and uh he found out i was a wrestling fan 
and uh, and kind of you know chatted me up about uh, you know th- there's this local promotion. I, I I do the you know the timekeeping and everything. And you know Jeff was so much more than a timekeeper; he's a historian. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Uh, yes. but uh, he was just like, you got to come check it out. You got to come check it out. And you know it wasn't a hard sell for me. I, I I love wrestling. So like as soon as I graduated high school, I got into into MCW and we were talking off air you know I was I was the guy marking out at y- your and Joel's feud because I'm like ring announcers are like front and center on the show <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah yeah but no I was front row at every show man I just uh MCW has always had a quality product like no matter how it's evolved over the years it's always been you know a fan first you know product and I when just, did you start coming to the MCW oh, I graduated in 02 so I mean it was it was right around, oh, right around it was then. right I mean so I was before I, you weren't like the Tapsco Arena. No, like so I dabbled, but like when the, the first show back, oh was like that was yeah. when I came to like every show. From that was the first on. resurrection, wasn't that's it? Right. That's yeah. what I was going to say. I was going to mention that. You know, resurrecting resurrection one. Yeah. So for years, like every, I, I never missed a show. You know, it was wow. back when we did we did them on Sundays. Yes, I remember that. Being in the entertainment business on the side, you know, I was always working Fridays and Saturdays, so it was always great that the shows were Sundays. Mm-hmm. So it was never missed a show. It was, did you ever get a chance yeah. to see any of our events at Michael's? I did. Um, yeah, so I uh, I did come to a couple of Michael's events, and then of course getting to uh, Michael's was one of the first uh, shows I ring announced. Oh wow! Uh, the show that Flair was on, oh. and um, just being in the ring at Michael's at an MCW show, and like looking out at the same guys that I used to come to the shows with, like, out in the audience watching me in the rain. It was really, it was surreal. It was really cool. Now, when did you know you wanted to get into the ring and ring announce? I've always had an affinity for, for entertaining and for being in front of a crowd and talking. Um, so, I mean, as a, as a little kid, I mean, I would, my grandparents had this bumper pool table, and I would, like, stand up on the bumper pool table when the family would come <laughs> over and, like, make them listen to me, like, poorly sing like karaoke songs and like talk about stuff and you know they indulge me or whatever but it like I always had an affinity for entertaining and playing off of an audience Mm -hmm. and like you know when I caught on to WWF um, it was right after Wrestlemania 5 like going into the build for 6 and of course I was enthralled by the Hogan Warrior storyline they had going on and everything but I was enthralled by Howard Finkel, right? That was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, like look look at this guy yeah. and you know, when I caught into WCW it was Gary Michael Capetta and I was like I was more focused on that and like I would go to games at uh Oriole Park mm-hmm. and all the kids would go down to the field to get Cal Ripken's autograph and I'm at the press box trying to talk to Rex Barney, you know? Like I just I always was enamored with how a presentation could be accentuated uh, by a really good uh, announcer that could that, that could and and, and I saw how a show could be negatively impacted yeah. um, mm-hmm. by by someone who may may not have that skill set. Right. You know, I think we've all seen the shows. You know, bless them, but like the dudes in jeans in the ring trying to <laughs> yeah, ring it out. Nice you know, like friend. It's just, and it's given so, that three of us at the table have done this job, yeah. it's a lot harder than it looks. Oh, it gosh, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, and here you have guys and girls in the ring literally throwing themselves at the ground right. to entertain people, and right. all you have to do is like lift them up and accentuate and make them the big deal that they are like our job is is easy if if you do it correctly right right (laughs) um but yeah i mean nothing's worse than like these people are in the ring killing themselves and you you got this guy in jeans and an untucked polo shirt (laughs) like 
you know, botching the ring announcement <laughs> or talking out of one of those like talk boys from Home Alone 2. And you're like, what is this? Right. Like put yeah. a little bit of work into Reading it. Reading off a clipboard. <laughs> right. you know? um, like... Or an iPad. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Well, <laughs> I, well, it's funny you took that shot at me because a clipboard will come in handy. Do you remember I once in Fort Meade went, up, went upside oh, Billy Gunn's yeah. head and broke a clipboard <laughs> over right. Billy Gunn's head in that match with Jerry Lawler. So... God, you know, you, know, you can that. have your weaponry on you because yeah. you never know when yeah. things are going to get wild and wooly. Well, I think one of that's very true. One of the hard things about it is that you have to be up for the duration of the entire show. Oh, God, you know, yeah. like your energy level never dies down. Like, you know, you were talking about the guys and the girls in the ring. They're, you know, they're out there eight to 12 minutes, you know, and you're out there for two and a half hours, you know, and and kind of directing traffic and the ebb and flow of the crowd to, you know, to well, some extent. Yeah, and I mean, as we've upped the production values, too, uh, you know, I'm wearing an in-ear, and I've got Dean yelling directions at me and, and making sure I can, you know, <laughs> you, know I, you know, and you I are like, that. yeah, <laughs> me too. I, I, I totally hate, hate it, and he knows I hate I it. I know. So he'll shout even more things <laughs> into my ear, and but, but like, it, it is. There's a lot of responsibility to it, but again, our, when you consider what what's mm-hmm. going on in the ring our job is so easy right. and we're doing a great disservice to the in-ring product if we're not yeah. putting forth that effort yeah. So. absolutely yeah i love it like i think it's one of the most enjoyable things i've done in this career well, it's, I, a, it's I a front row seat that you don't have to pay for i love right? it it's, yeah, yeah it's, it's yeah, yeah, after 19 years, though, it's sometimes you get tired of the, uh, like, July heat and getting the suit on or the tuxedo <laughs> or whatever it is. And it's right, like, well, I don't wear a suit or a tuxedo in the ring, so I generally have the opposite problem. Like, in the wintertime, I'm freezing. Oh, yeah, so. because you're a little bit more scantily clad <laughs> right. for to be, sure. like, classy or, what you know, but... Um, I tried to do that, but they nixed it. Yeah, I tried to <laughs> borrow an outfit from outfit from Tara. They, you know, it was the no go. I wouldn't mind getting know. into a Tara he outfit, could, one of those classic uh, gowns, <laughs> you know, uh, the stilettos. So it's funny because I'm not like a girly girl, like in real life. Yeah, like, I, and this was like the one time when I was like. I can dress like Miss Elizabeth. Like, oh, which, 100%. when I was a wrestling fan, I was always watching Sensational Sherry, not Miss Elizabeth. You know, I never in a million years dreamed that I would wear, like, a girly girl dress. So now I love it. It's <laughs> funny. We're having, like, this ring announcer nerd out, and Dan, we're just, like, <laughs> totally like, leaving Dan over. And all right, <laughs> well, I've right. never ring announced. Not <laughs> yet, anyway. You never well, I got one for you. You know, it's funny, Danny. You sound a lot like me being enamored by the voices, you know, the Howard Finkels and the Gorilla Monsoons and the Bobby Heenans. Were you also kind of, when you were younger growing up on, on pro wrestling and watching the announcers, kind of, uh, you know, salivating at the uh, uh, the potential of them getting physically involved? Um, only, to the, uh, only to the extent that it could accentuate the presentation. I mean, I have never had any kind of aspirations to, to, to get in the ring because I respect it too much to make a mockery of it. Like, re- that's just me, right? So... I mean, Heenan, yeah, I think from, like, a managerial standpoint, but I never, like, I, I don't know. I never pictured, like, you know, how, oh, I hope Howard Finkel gets in, like, you know what I mean? I don't know. But, like, but I loved, like, the heel manager dynamic and everything and, like, you know, Heenan, Jimmy Hart, you know, and just, yeah, I, I, I loved that. And, of course, like, watching them get physically involved in the psychology of that. Yeah, yeah. well, that was something that actually really attracted me to uh, wrestling when I was younger. And th- when there were opportunities where you would see something, like, for me when, uh, you know, Vader debuted on Raw, and he kept giving the the Vader bomb to Savio Vega, I think it was, or maybe Fatu. I'm sorry that I'm I'm foggy on that. And then finally, interim president Gorilla Monsoon gets into the ring, you know, and he's like, "Hey, hold off there, Vader. You know, stop stop what you're doing. We need to get this man some medical attention." 
And, you know, then Vader comes up to him and he slaps him on the back and Gorilla Monsoon turns around and he goes, oh, you're not you're not going to push me in a corner. You're not going to push me. In. I was popping so big. Also, a few years later, when uh, Taz was all up in JR's face at the garden yeah. and he was like, smack me, you leather face bastard. You don't have the you, don't, you can't do it. You don't have the insides. You can't. You can't. And then out of nowhere, Lawler stands up and just potatoes Taz camera right on there and I was actually at that show and I flipped out so you know as a younger guy I always would want to see the the ones that you weren't expecting to throw a shot just throw one good shot and then it's like whoa anything could happen in wrestling even Vince will get involved and that's true even like when Joey Styles did that thing with a lawler when they were relaunching ECW now that you said that like it, it popped into my head and like Joey doing that thing where he slaps Jerry Lawler and then cuts that promo that kind of leads into the the WWE CW. Like, yeah. Yeah, but again, it's to the extent that, that that an announcer can come in, accentuate the product, and put over a talent and like make it about you know the show. It's you know. So not to monopolize the conversation here, <laughs> Tara. I don't know if you can. <laughs> if you when can are we ever going to have a, a whole table full of ring announcers? <laughs> Dan is immediately no, regretting Dan. this decision. <laughs> yeah. No, no, Dan, you're going to get in, in the saying. mix here too because you know eventually. With me as an announcer, when I first started in MCW, I was a heel announcer. So I took every opportunity that I possibly could to, like, run the crowd down and say really unsavory <laughs> things. And, Dan, I'll never forget the one day that you were like, you know, Larry, you're going to have to you're gonna have to give the fans a receipt one of these days. And I'm like, <laughs> a, a receipt? And, 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 you know, you're like, well, you know, they hate you. And you're, you, you spend yeah. a lot of time running them down. So at some time, we're going to need to get you trained. So that someone can come out there and give you your just desserts. Yeah. You, start, you kind of go into business for yourself or get over. It's a kind of the downfall of getting over is right. like if they start to heat like, well, if they start to hate you, like you kind of got to give them what they want. You know, they you know, you got to you got to eventually someone's got to drop you. Right. So I guess uh, if, if it works with what the story is that's being presented your game for doing something like how eventually I hit Billy Gunn in the head with the right. clipboard or you know, started that one Fort Meade show off by saying, you know, I know that the Maryland State Athletic Commission has no jurisdiction over this event, <laughs> but I have the power of the Maryland State Athletic Commission and Pat Pinella vested in me, and there will be no tables broke here tonight. <laughs> and the Dudleys are on the, the, yeah. the poster, you know. First thing that happens is I get the crowd totally riled up, uh, you know, and say that there will be no tables tonight. So, um, well, yeah. I, I tried to book an impromptu Danny Mays versus Brandon Scott. <laughs> yeah, I was gu- I was going to not mention that. Yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was. I was try. I was. I tried to impromptu book that. <laughs> so you've yeah. never taken a bump. Uh, I, I've taken one bump just okay. so I could say that I took a bump, and so that someone okay. could say, "What do you know? You've never taken a bump." Nope, one. One okay. bump. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And who who gave so, that to you? So um, I guess going uh, uh, going back, um, I, I was working in another uh, another local promotion uh, mm-hmm. with. Uh, Ellsworth and uh, Adam Ugly when they were pretty ugly. Um, we kind of had a we had a thing going where I played like the total straight guy, and you know they would come out and Jimmy would have his uh, hairspray, and you know, and it was just mm-hmm. again, I can accentuate this presentation because they're the cool heels. I'll be a total nerd. It's not really a stretch. Um, so they uh, they did the thing where like Adam got on his knees and Jimmy pushed me over him and I took you know the the world's worst bump. The old um, schoolboy. And then it led to yeah, like yeah, it yeah. led to me. Um, I don't. I hit I hit him with something and cost him the tag team titles on the next show. So the the continuity of that. But that's the only time. I mean, oh, I'm game for anything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, anything I can do to to help, I would do. Right. As long you know? as it fits and it works. Right. As long as it fits and it works. I mean, I think like you, right? You're once in a lifetime like because you break so many of the conventional rules of a ring announcer but it's what makes you you mm-hmm. and if i tried to do that it wouldn't work 
And there's a lot of people that I feel like have tried to emulate what you do, and it just doesn't it just doesn't work. Like if you wrote a book on like the rules of ring announcing. You break a lot of them. But, I sure do. But I have but, ever since you gave me the first opportunity. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. all of it works, right. right? And so it's you know, you, you have to kind of find your your spot. You can't yeah. follow Larry's blueprint because it's it's very unique. And but I remember coming to those shows and like, dude, I was a huge Larry Legend fan, man. Like I you know, but it's yeah, if it works with the product and I mean I'll you know, whatever I, whatever I can do. I'm mm-hmm. just I'm just happy and to be it's involved. It's lots of little moments like that. Like, I remember... Organic um, moments. Yeah, right. like, A lot of organic right. moments. When Rob and Joe were a tag team together, and I would be <laughs> ring announcing, they would make a little sandwich out of me in the ring just to watch me, like, squirm. But that was the right. point well, of it the was to... You know, they you know, did the same thing to yeah, me, too. And, yeah. and, oh, well... They I did the same thing to me. I thought I was What? I got out of my car and parked they did it. I thought I was special. Unreal. Oh, no, that was their deal. They would, like... But those were those little moments, <laughs> you know. They were unscripted, but it added to it because it boosted their character. Yeah. And so yeah, I'm thinking about um, w- one show, and I don't know what show it is, and maybe there'll be a special thing that comes on the screen right now that describes the show or whatever. <laughs> um, we do have that ability. Yes. Yeah. So let's uh, <laughs> add that in. Um, and no. And uh, Ryan, uh, when he, he's still doing the King thing, but he he would always be from a, a really ridiculous hometown. Oh yes. And so him and I would be sitting backstage, like googling, you know, googling stuff, and I'd be like, "How's this? Not ridiculous enough. How about this? Not mm-hmm. ridiculous enough." So one show, like his announcements, got like progressively more bombastic. To the point where he brought out an entire poster board mm-hmm. of like exactly how he wanted me to announce him. And like he stood me there and I read this whole thing and it must have taken 45 seconds. And the crowd was just like incensed. But it was like that was when I was like, wow, like this works. Yeah. And it's not, and it does. It's not about me, but I'm like right. I'm making this moment work. And Ryan and I had so much fun together doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, doing the, the doing the announcement thing, it was just it was really cool. But. Yeah. You see, I'm glad that you brought that up because as an announcer, I you know I um kind of cut my teeth in CZW and it kind of cut my teeth with doing the introduction for Ruckus, mm-hmm. and that's a lot of rhyme couplets. You know, like a lot of he is the this, he is the that, he is the this, he is the that. Very hip hop. Right. Someone like a David Starr, mm-hmm. you know, had all of these superlatives, just all of this stuff that I had to say. And at the end of the day, I'm like, for what, man? Yeah. You know, like, none of, none of this goes with your character. You yeah. know, like, you just want a long introduction right. to, to have it. Right. And that's doing a great disservice to me. So, you know. Yeah, um, I've had that where a guy comes out with a whole clipboard of stuff. You know, here, announce me with this. Or I'm going to cut you off. And then you're supposed to read this. And it's like. But nobody knows who you are. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> I hate you know? the thing on some shows where everybody sure? has to have a nickname. Like I'm the this, right. and then you say my name. I'm like, just can can why? Like, well, when and then works, I gotta remember. Right. When for, it for works. Some, yeah. For, but but it's like there's some shows that I was working when I was you know cutting my teeth that it was like everybody had this like bombastically long nickname before you got to their name, and it was like. I'm not sure this is accentuating your presentation much, especially if, mm-hmm. like, your gear, your vibe, your entrance, like, right. don't really match that. Like, I can't make up for that right. in, in, in the way that I... And I, I like when you meet, when you're on a show and, uh, you know, you don't know somebody's whole moniker or whatever it is, and they act like you're supposed to know what it is. Like, 
again, nobody knows who you are. Why would I know this? Right. You know? And, well, and, oh, why didn't you say my whole name? Because uh, when I came around and asked you your name, how you want to be announced, you didn't tell me. Oh, I just exactly. thought you knew who I was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I would always <laughs> pride myself on getting the information early enough that yes. I wouldn't read off of a card. Yeah. Because I think I'd seen enough of the, the untucked shirt jean guys, like the card up to their face, know. you know. And it's just like, I want to respect you enough right, right. that I'm going to sit with this stuff and learn it. Right. And and so it's like, if I'm asking you, don't take it as an insult. I just want to make sure I, I get it right for you. Because right. again, like my job is easy. You're going to go out there and, and do the hard work. I just mm-hmm. want to get it off to a good start for you. When you talked about like people doing a disservice to the guys and girls in the ring, when we had Bret Hart here, I remember standing backstage <laughs> with him and he's like, so how are you going to announce me? And in my head, I'm still seven-year-old me going, I've been practicing this for like the last 30 years. Right. Like, what do you mean? How right. am I going to announce you? But it occurred to me that probably it's been botched enough times in his past that he wanted to make sure that I wasn't going to screw it up. And, and I was isn't just that like, unbelievable? I'm not oh, yeah. going to screw this up. Like I was, and in fact, I was supposed to, it was one of those double shot weekends. I was supposed to have announced him the night before, but for whatever happened, he didn't want an in-ring introduction or something got changed. It's I don't probably know. the night before it was when Cradle announced him in Waldorf and peed <laughs> all over ringside getting so excited yeah. about announcing him. But okay, yeah. He's probably that. like, listen, that announcement is helping. It held me over fine. Like, we're just going to keep going now. Well, whatever. And then I got my turn the next day. But, yeah, it was – and it occurred to me that he's probably had that butchered quite a bit. Right, you which know, is completely I, unbelievable, right? Like, right. if you've spent one minute in the How wrestling business. That yeah, right? Like, I was almost like, I'm hurt that you would think I would not get that right. right. But was I, Brett happy with your – He was. Actually, was. he came afterwards, and he was like, you did a great job. And this – I hadn't been ring announcing that long, like maybe a year and a half or so by that point. Yeah. And so I still got a lot of nervousness and anxiety. You know, like I would practice and practice. Like you said, I would do it in front of the mirror, like everything. And he was like, like gave me a hug afterwards. His manager came up and was like, yeah, you did a really good job. You know, here's my hotel room. But, did he? Uh, <laughs> Uh, so, that popped, that popped no, Hear the rest of the story on the MCW yeah. cast yeah. only fans account. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you know, because you, like you said, Danny, you try to do, you want to do them justice and you want to give them that. And, you know, when you're put in that, le- when you put in that level of enthusiasm and that hype or whatever, it, it can change the mood of the crowd, you know, and the excitement in your voice. And that's the thing, you're learning how to control your voice and your tone. And when you put just enough excitement in there, then the crowd gets up, you know, when, you know, you have that kind of s- slight sound of disdain in your voice, the crowd knows that there are heel coming out, you know, yeah. it's little tiny things like that, that, you know, I had no idea, you know, and you want to do a good job, like. Yeah, well, you bring up a really interesting point, and that's uh, actually approaching the wrestlers in the backstage area and getting oh. the information from them. <laughs> and I want to hear about some of your experiences in that in those shoes as well, but we do have to take a quick break. Mm-hmm. Stay with us, fans. We're going to be right back here with more from Danny Mays. And we're back. Um, well, Larry brought up a good point before we went to um, commercial break, but let's talk about you getting started. Getting started in uh, in ring announcing? Okay. Um, so I was hosting a bunch of different events, uh, mostly in the music realm, because kind of coming from being a musician, and they'd be like, hey, you like host things and say stuff. You want to like come host this benefit show or do this or do that? I'm like, sure. You know, and um, I did some baseball announcing. And so I was like, I was in and around uh, the announcing thing. And of course, you know, being a pro wrestling fan, um, my friend uh, Brian, Brian Hardy, um, we we had kind of played some he he'd opened for my band uh you know 
when we were teenagers and uh he was running a, a show and he's like dude like come be my ring announcer 100 percent, yes yeah I'm, I'm in i'm totally in um so i credit him like i never would have gotten kind of my my foot in the door had it not been for that show but man, i look back on that i mean my inflections were all over the place. My ring positioning. The ring positioning such a big thing. Like, yes. I'm, like, I'm shuffling all over the place. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not confident. I don't hold my spot. Yep. My timing was bad. But, like, I look back on it, and I'm like, wow, look. At, like, I always look back on shows, and I'm like, oh, you needed to do this better. You need to do that better. But so that's kind of how I got in. Um, I really didn't say no to any opportunities for the first couple of years. I was working in Delaware. I did some stuff in Pennsylvania, Virginia, uh, just because I knew I needed reps. Like, you know, I, I kind of... I thought I'd be more of a natural edit than, you know, it's so different being in the ring and having to be part of the show, the timing of everything and remembering all that stuff. So I just rep after rep after rep. The goal was always to be in MCW because I was still going to MCW shows Mm -hmm. as I was doing all this. And uh, were you told by Brian or, hey, you can't go to those shows anymore? uh, No, no, I was never told that. Well, because that's the pettiness that happens in independent wrestling. Oh, absolutely. I'm not picking on Brian Hardy. No, so, I mean, there's, there's, because uh, I also, uh, I'm, you, you know, know, like you'll be in one doing oh, yeah. something and the promoter will say, oh, well, you can't go to this other show. No, happened to me many times. If you go there, yeah. you're yeah, done many here. times, yeah. yeah. No, and there was a little bit of that because. It's all around universally independent wrestling pettiness. Yeah, and when I started working yeah. for Jimmy, because uh, Jimmy was running more shows than Brian. Jimmy Dream. Jimmy, Jimmy Dream. Dream, yeah, we talked about him earlier. Or, and, or Jimmy Dream or James, James Ellsworth. Ellsworth. Um, I mean, and I've, so Brian, you know, Brian and Jimmy had heat or whatever, and, you know, I, I was just like. I'm just looking to get reps. I'm just looking to get better at this. And if I have an opportunity to work that show to get better at this, that's what I want to do. Um, so I always remain friendly with everyone. But there was a little bit of, I think everybody puts so much work into their product that they take it as this like personal affront. When uh, and, and I'm like, I'm, <laughs> I'm getting a hot dog and a handshake over here. Like I'm really, I'm just trying to get better at this. Like you know, we're we're not like having payday negotiations or something yeah. i'm not like jumping from wwf to wcw terry you all right over there i'm fine all right just went down just the wrong pipe all right so my grandmother used to always say only- <laughs> i know i know my grandmother used to say it but it's not the truth but i like saying wait a minute it. wait a minute that's not that's a word oh yeah pipe. there's only one there's pipe. just one pipe there's no wrong pipe that it can my go God. down there's my one grandmother pipe. and my parents lied to me my whole life it's a muscle spasm <laughs> yeah. that's all is that what it is? Yeah, there's no yeah, two pipes. it's fine. There's only one pipe. And Sorry, the next, I did not and mean the next to break, I'm calling that. my mother. Right. Well, I, I mean, did not mean to do My mother that. still say this to me, and I'm 48 years old. Well, you know what? That's the whole podcast. The real yeah. world is yes. is a work, yeah. and you know. Also, this is not real medical advice. Please don't follow any other. <laughs> 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 yeah. So no, I never got swept up in the in the in the drama, and I'd like to think that you know I, I'm still friendly with Brian, still friendly with Jimmy. You know, like I mean, there was some you know drama when everybody was kind of. You know, there there were other guys that I cut my teeth with that wanted to come to MCW that came around the same time that, you know, it was kind of like, you're abandoning me to go do that. And it's like, guys, like, mm-hmm. come on, really? Like, you know, so I don't know. I never got swept up in it. But um, Sean Cradle and I had always had a friendship because I talked to him at shows and Sean's a very friendly dude. Um, and we did some stuff back when I was in Beretta Jane. Uh, we did some music. We were like the official theme of a couple shows. And right, right. Like we were at the shows and stuff. So Sean's like, we got to find a way to bring you in, man. I'm like, call me, dude, anytime. Like, I, this is, I, I would love to be a part of this. And so finally, it was in 2012, I guess, 13. Um, he calls yeah, and, goes and he's like, know, um, <laughs> and he's really? like, it might've been last week. I have absolutely no concept. <laughs> <of time. laughs> right. Um, but no, it was, uh, he called me. He's like, dude, um, 
start with us in Waldorf. And I'm like, great. Um, he's like, on commentary. I'm like, that's not what I do. Um, <laughs> I had one show under my belt. And I'm going to tell you the only reason why I wasn't a total train wreck is the one show I did was a show for Brian. And I Raven was the color commentator on the show. And I got a lesson in how to do commentary. He likes giving night. lessons when you are doing commentary <laughs> yeah. with him. I can attest to that. was so, like, I learned 50 things in, in two and a half hours that I could immediately apply. And he was so nice and gracious because I know I must have just, he, it was, <laughs> his back must still hurt from carrying me through that. <laughs> but, um, so I was like, listen, I just want to get in. I'll, I'll do whatever. And then, like, I get there and Dan's like, go do the national anthem. I was like, I've literally <laughs> never sang the national anthem before. He's like, go Did do, I do it. that. It was probably because someone told me you were a singer. And yeah, I was like, and I'm like sing go sing the national anthem. <laughs> 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 wow. You know well, that's, that's something that I didn't know. That's something that I didn't know. what? I don't know. Pick a song yeah. and sing it. Just sing. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's yeah, what yeah. Sean Cradle told me. You're a singer. Just yeah. go sing. I don't care. You know, there's sing something. That's probably what happened. I actually had a fear that you were going to ask me to sing when I first. It was the show in Winbur when I ring announced for the first time. I was like, wait, do all ring announcers sing? Because, yes. like, I, I'm. You're well, actually going to do the sing. Welcome Back Cotter theme at I Resurrection. Actually, yeah. I actually used to sing, like, professionally. Yeah. Like, well, let's years, do a duet when then. I was a kid. No, you literally just set yourself up. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, no, 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 I don't sing now. No, no, no. I hit puberty, my voice changed. Like, no, no right. I don't we, sing. We, we can, we can, we can drop the key. Well, Everybody in the comment section of this podcast. Put nope, down nope, a song. Nope, nope. Yeah. What do you want Sarah to sing at Resurrection on July 24th? I just it was a fear of mine that I would have to <laughs> sing. Like, I don't know. Because it was a thing. Ring announcers sing. Uh, Dan, yeah. you had me sing Nell you know? Carter, the Give Me a right. Break theme song, my first show. Did yeah. I really? See, well, that, here's this what is, is why I was afraid. So it's like an initiation, yeah. <laughs> Nell Carter had just died. and I was. Uh, like, you sang that at the school, though, or something. I sang it at the school, and it popped you and Jeff and Mark. That's and right. We were, we're cracking like, up. Wow, we were like, you, you, where you, did it come from out of nowhere? Yeah. Well, she died, you know, and I used <laughs> to love that show, Give Me a Break, and... I think you were kind of seeing if I would really do it. You were like, oh, I'll have you do it at intermission. You know? <laughs> so, so and I, I don't remember. Great. Did I really? You guys can have a duet. Okay? <laughs> I'm down. Yeah, that's, that's fine. I've just wrote myself out of that. No. Thank you. No, no. <laughs> yeah, <the laughs> championship committee. Smart no, gal. Yeah, you know what oh, you're doing. Put yeah, a pin in episode thinking. 24 of the MCW cast. This, the, Tara will be singing in the ring before the end of the year. Absolutely not. No, we're going we're gonna to no. do the dirty dancing song. We're so listen, so so then you... you <laughs> that only, was, if I can, only if I can just soar up there. And no, no, no. I'm going to be the female. We're going to switch, we're switch oh, it up. I'm going to soar. You know, when I sang, I was an alto. Like, I have a lower range, but no, no thanks. Sounds like we've got a plan, Tara. <laughs> yeah. So after right around that time, then you you started ringing out, and it was a it was a little bit of rocky road because of some egos. Oh, oh I think I know what you're going to bring up. Yeah, yeah. it I, was. I, I was that's yeah. difficult. It was difficult for me. I was frustrated as a promoter, not talking bad of the dead or ill of the dead. Rest in peace, Al Albert. We love but Al. From a promoter standpoint, we talk about stuff behind the scenes um, openly, and um, Al was was a was a great ring announcer. Um, for many, many years, and we appreciate him. And again, may he rest in peace. Um, but it was like a, it was like a, it was like a, a roadblock because Al didn't want to step aside. The first thing he said to me when I came into the locker room, and I was you know trying to be gracious, and and honestly, at the time, it wasn't even in my head that I, I would end up a ring announcer. I'm like, if they need his commentary, that's what I'm going to do, and and like if I can. If I can graduate to doing some backstage segments and, and be helpful that way, like it was not in my head that like 
I'm being brought in, like I, I'm gonna mm-hmm. stepping stone to to ring announcing. Like I'm gonna do what I'm asked to do because I just want to be a part of the show. And the first thing he said to me when I came backstage is, "They brought you here to take my spot." Which is funny because that was right around the time I had started ring announcing and Al would, because Al and I go way back to radio. And so what he would do was kind of take me under his wing and say, let's split the show tonight. We'll take turns. Like, and he didn't have to do any of that. It was shows I wasn't even booked to ring announce on, but he knew I was starting to. So it was really interesting when you came because I watched the dynamic. Like I'm sitting there and I talked to him about it and I, you know, and he's like, I just don't understand this, you know, and. This, like I said, I've done radio. I did radio for years with Al. And one of the issues that had come up was his accent is very regional. And, you know, it's very localized. You know, it's that Baltimore Hun kind of accent, you know. And that that can be very limiting when you're in a broadcasting position. And you don't want to have something that ties you to a specific neighborhood in Dundalk, so (laughs) to speak. You know what I mean? But it's true. And so, like, I talked about it. That was interesting that he don't totally got that vibe from you that you were coming to replace him but me he's like oh here's how I do this here's how I do, let's do yeah, this and together maybe it was your past relationship but I mean I never right. got um I, I never got a friendly vibe there yeah. and again I mean I had all the respect in the world for Al I was and I, it was unwarranted on his oh, end Al it was, was really that's I tried to talk again, to him about it, it multiple was just, times it was really childish yep. and I had I had talked to him too yep. a couple times um yeah it was really just childish um and, and the thing is with Al like in that, but it and and not to to pick on Al, but it's as a, as a wrestling promoter for twenty five thirty years now. God, pushing probably thirty, but um, like the egos in wrestling have always blow. It's hard enough dealing when you got guys that are the talent or girls that are the talent giving you issues, but when you got people that aren't even really the main focal point of the show, right? Like referees, ring announcers, and they're giving you like ego and questioning. It's like. Wait, are you are you kidding me? Yeah, right. I mean, like I'm not like, gonna. Come I got to deal with an ego <laughs> right. problem right. from a ring announcer. Like I'm gonna come to the end of the production meeting, and be like, this announcement doesn't really work for me. <laughs> like we gotta <laughs> right. Like, it's so, well, <laughs> the thing is, it's right. such high stress, and all of you guys have have been a part of the shows, and a lot of you guys in management type positions in the shows. You see, like it is it is a wrestling show, a live wrestling show is something that's like the stress builds right up until the moment the show starts and then it just explodes then the stress explodes because then everything's happening so it's like all these moving parts people cancel people run in late something happens this guy doesn't pass a physical so this matches Mm -hmm. it's all this stuff moving parts and as it's like like three hours before the show the stress starts building and building and building and building and building and then right there at the moment the show starts and you go live in the first match and now the show's going it's this massive amount of like rush of stress. So like, come on, man! I got to deal with all this, and I got to deal with a, a, a <laughs> ego problem with a referee, right? You know what I mean? Or mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's or you know or well, I've had timekeeper issues, timekeepers and stuff, right. and I'm like, dude, are you seriously giving? Are you seriously like you know what I mean? You're mm-hmm. uh, everybody's an important part, but your part is this big, and I'm I gotta now I gotta stop everything I'm doing. Right, my product in the ring is like yeah. you know I need to focus on that right, right. now. Well, I mean, I just I guess to throw it to you, um, it was funny because Larry came back. I don't remember what Shamrock it was for, um, but I'm like, he's got to do the main event. He's got to mm-hmm. do the Shamrock Cup, and like it, it was my idea. Yeah, that kind I of mean, became his thing. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, I come for the Shamrock. I'm like, yeah. you know, Larry's here. If Larry's here, right. Larry does the main event, right? And that's like, and when I came backstage, everyone was like. 
oh, how do you feel about? It? I'm like, like they were expecting <laughs> that. Dr- I'm like, right. see, well, see, that right. microphone is Larry's microphone see, anytime he wants right. it, right? See, you know, this, like, is, this is what I want to bring up because everyone's bringing up really good points, but that right there is where that comes from. The where crap where it, co- it comes exactly, the crap exactly. Everybody Someone wants will see to me there in my tuxedo and be like, mm-hmm. oh wow, I mean, I guess this is. Your last show, you right. know, and, yeah. Right. Yeah. and like, you know, he cares. He cared a great deal, you know. So but when you have people like, oh, Larry's here, you know, you might as well just go on and drive home. Because yeah. yeah. you dealt with that without, was that without too. A, too much testosterone did, in the room kind of thing. Because like, too, right? no, 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 no. Like, I didn't feel like I got that. Well, that's you know, what like, I was because thinking. Because I was the female. So it was like, right. OK, I was non-threatening. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. okay, well, there there should be a female ring I'm, announcer. I, okay, I can assure you, Tara, I'm not threatening but you. But I, I would even <laughs> say that. I would even say that to Al when he'd come. Like when that would happen. I forgot that kind of happened with you. With oh, Al. Yeah. absolutely. And over the years, that's what I just got so. T- and again, love Al to death. But I got so like, I'd be like, Al, what's it matter? There's nine matches on the show. Larry announces three of them. You're still announcing six. Most guys right. and girls wrestle one time. <laughs> right. So what's yeah. the big deal? You know what I mean? Like it's really not like yeah. we're all we're just doing something different. You're given a different flavor. It's uh, you know what I mean. So yeah, well, but, also, was, but yeah. it was really like it really it got it was really and and the thing with Al too at that time from you know the promoter standpoint and all like that was at a time where Al was getting older. Mm-hmm. He would tell us he was having problems getting to some of the longer rides and getting in and out and of the getting ring. Out of His ring mobility was, having was ankle, getting right. it was having yeah. ankle and knee problems. Yeah, so yeah. it's like all right, so we're. We're moving towards. We're not phasing you out. Right. We're moving towards, you know, a new thing. But yeah, it was and it was bumpy. It was yeah. Bumpy I there. mean, was like it the like the Matt and Jeff Hardy show? I think where I, I think it was that show. I was it that show. I just kind of snapped. Do you I, remember? In the I back? don't remember. I, I know we were splitting shows. Like I remember um, the first uh, the first show I ever ring announced was the return to Michaels, the homecoming mm-hmm. with uh, with Flair, and um, you gave me the segment with Flair, um, and that was like the end of any kind of cordial hope for that yeah. relationship. Um, but yeah, it was weird But it was splitting. because of presentation, no, like Al again, just your vocals and everything. Yeah, when it was, it was even like, weird too, because like Al read like at, at the end of a match, he'd read the time of the fall. You do it too. It, it's just not my style, right? right? Well, so, it used to be the law. Right. Yeah. We would and get fined if I didn't read. Uh, from when I first started, we would get fined if I didn't mm-hmm. read the number. Right. And you that's know? where that, that evolved from. But for mm-hmm. me, I was more TV presentation. And so yeah. I just didn't and do it. And I followed it. your lead. <laughs> and Brian Holthouse, like I remember he was he was ringside kind of lead me through. And like I started making like the, I don't even remember what the match was. I think it was the Punk Rock All-Stars and uh, uh, Patrick and Leo. Mm-hmm. It was the first match I ever ring announced. Wow. Yeah. So a lot of history there, right? Yeah, and uh Rick Powers and uh, <laughs> Li- L.I. Green. L.I. Green. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, I just, I, I think, uh, I think Pat and Leo went over and, and, you know, I started announcing and Brian's like, oh, you didn't read the time. <laughs> He's flipping out. I'm like, it didn't even cross my right. mind. But then that was like the Al kept doing it. I did. So there was that rub there while we were still. And maybe it was the Matt and Jeff show. But for me, like, until your name is on the promoter's license and it says presents with your name at the top of the flyer, like. I'll announce whatever you want me to. Right. I yeah, won't announce I think anything. It was that show because right. again, it was a high stress show. Matt and Jeff were there, mm-hmm. and I think like at the production, he was like huffing and puffing, mm-hmm. <sighs> like we're going over matches, and he's <sighs> like, "Come on, dude." He like, could, yeah, he he could do that. Yeah, <laughs> that like, he get come that on, doo doo yeah. face on. But it's and, that mentality, yeah. right? It's hard to like for me the big transition from like being on stage as a musician 
like you are the show so in entertaining people you are the one bringing them in and so the 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 the, the shift you have to do is you're a part of the show now it's not about just you right. and i think that's always kind of been my mindset once the light bulb went off for mm-hmm. me um and that's just the difference i've never had a an ounce of ego you know we brought in uh pat anthony yeah um i brought in pat anthony yeah. <laughs> um i gave him to you for uh one of uh the shows at jimmy's that i couldn't host and right. i said bring in pat mm-hmm. you know i love pat he's really talented i enjoy listening to pat mm-hmm. he reminds me of more the old school wcw kind of mm-hmm. has the more gary michael capetta you know right, approach right. and so i love when pat ring announces and like if there was a show where they were like we're going with pat on this one you can do this mm-hmm. great right you know because at the end of the day the fans aren't going to huff out going, oh, it was a decent show, but, you know, Danny really should have been <laughs> right, announcing, right, you know? Right, like, yeah. well, no, wait, I'm not it, sure that's going to be a thing. You know, there, I'm not there, coming to the next one. There are those fans that sit in the front row. Well, yeah, but that, I'm saying uh, that. You know who they are. But that's like, the, it's like the the the, 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 uh, well, the loud like, minority. Um, no, but, they don't like you. They Every time I come out, they're always, they're appreciative that I'm not you. They love me behind <laughs> the scenes. I'll show you some text. But no, no, but it's that's the that's no, the shift when you realize you're Brandon Scott's dad? No, <laughs> no. Wayne is a much nicer guy than Brandon Scott is. No, no, I love Brandon. <laughs> but no, like that's the but that's the shift in mm-hmm. mentality that I think some people can't make when you're a host of a radio show. Yeah. It's about you. Right. And so like it's when you're like imagine Justin Schlegel mm-hmm. trying to but but Justin does MMA ring announcing and does a great job. Right. So he's able to make that shift. Mm-hmm. But some folks like you just once you get that like shine and that spotlight on you, it's hard to yeah. share it out. And for me, like I've never really had a problem doing that. Well, Justin you know? made that that shift. He, he was did. Our, he was our intern. Yeah. When we did radio together, he was behind. He was behind the board and looking. Made the but shift to really the front talented, of the board. He's a really he is, talented yeah. guy all the way around. Because yeah. yeah. even switching to him managing, like Ryan McBride. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he know? can turn it up to right. twenty. Exactly. But can. then turn it down turn to it six. Down. And he knows yeah. when to. Right. He can, yeah. Right. He can do both. You see, this is a really important thing to talk about as well when we talk about Al and the way that he felt. You have to understand that also in our industry, it's the spirit of competition. Right. And as much as Shawn Michaels is a great performer, even if he's not in the match with Razor Ramon, the camaraderie between those two is, oh, they're going to remember me. They're going to remember mm-hmm. my performance as they're going away. Like, So even though no one is here to hear Danny Mays, no one is here to hear Larry Legend. Well, I'm right. not sure about that one. Well, again, but know, again, that's the you breaking the mold yeah. and, and throwing the book a- away. And anything but. is about context, Larry. So it's good that you bring that up because mm-hmm. I'm I'm sitting here. You're right. I'm giving you the the context for me as a promoter. You're like what? That's a promoter that dealing with it. I get that. I was talent at one time, but there's totally different. Right. You know, at one time in my wrestling career, I wasn't a promoter and I wasn't talent. So I get that. I'm giving you the perspective of the talent and like, or from the promoter standpoint, that's got all this stuff. All these wheels turning, right. 150 different wheels mm-hmm. turning, and like, God, you're giving me another another plate. Yeah. I got to spin. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. The you last thing I mean? you're thinking about and is the announcer, and 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 um, satisfying like that. Like right. now, I would say, no, I got to have take you and have a conversation with the ring announcer to calm you down and pat you right. on the butt right. and make you feel good when I got. Matt and Jeff Hardy do you know, 300 people in line to see them, and we got a thousand people in the building. Right. It's like I don't have time for this, you know. And I, like for me, I think that show was like I was like uh, that was a breaking point for yeah. me. Where like like, dude, I, I'm not gonna sit here and listen to huffing and puffing from yeah. the ring well, announcer. And once yeah. you kind of <laughs> so become I like it. part of like like we're like the MCW family, you know. Like whatever happens on the show, like you were saying, Danny, if you were here and you were asked to do something other than ring announce, okay, fine, I'll do that. Like as much as I love ring announcing, I've 
move to a backstage role. And I'm okay with that. Like, I just ring an ounce for other promotions. You know, it's okay. Because we all have the same goal. <laughs> Did you which feel that is, dig she just took no, no, at no, no, you? No, 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 no. I mean, and I do the birthday parties. <laughs> I'm not, no, I don't mean no, that. No, because I think, I think Terry's <laughs> been good with it, but a lot of people do have that problem with that transition. Right, and, and I'm just here for the, the overall product and yeah. I think that's the difference and a lot of guys working the independents are you know they show up they want their envelope and they go home you know they want to get their 57 spots in and that's it they don't you know we're like part of a family so like when we say that you know we're here to whatever you need me to do we'll do it and every time we're backstage I hear lots of guys say that what do you need Dan I'm here for you what yeah. do you need you know and that's that's what makes us us yeah, and maybe we can get you into know? this in a little bit, but I, I've enjoyed almost as much or more the, the backstage contributions I've made to the company mm-hmm. in terms of music, the logo, the belts. Yeah. The yeah. NCW cast. That's what yeah. we're going to talk okay. about. Yeah, yeah we're going to talk. Good. Yeah, yeah, I, I want to hear about That's that. That's called a transition, boys and girls. Yeah. Yes, yeah. it is. We'll get All into right. that right after we got another break coming up. Yes, yep, we right do. now. Yeah, right now. Mm-hmm. So we'll get into that right after this. All right, we are back. Our guest in studio tonight is Danny Mays, ring announcer for MCW and a whole bunch of other things. And that's what we're going to talk about in this segment. We want to hear a little bit more about your other contributions, not just to MCW, but to the entertainment world in general. So, yeah, let's, let's hear about, about your that. music. Yeah. All right, so um, uh, I've been playing music since I was a teenager. Uh, it's kind of what got me uh, like fully into the, the entertainment uh, thing. Um, so I started playing bass when I was 16. Um, played around in some bands, toured, uh, been very fortunate to share the stage with some of my heroes. We played with the Foo Fighters, Coldplay, Good Charlotte, All Time Low. I mean, just, you know, we, we, we've done some really cool stuff. Um, playing a 90s tribute act now, Here's to the Night. Um, super fun, uh, very nostalgic. I know Conrad was on a couple weeks ago talking about nostalgia selling, and I'm like, hallelujah and amening, because, <laughs> I mean, it, it, it does. It's like... Especially coming out of the uh, checks notes global gimmick, um, it, it people want to be trans, you know, transform back to before they had mortgages and kids and all the BS that comes with life. So I mean, you know, it, it's funny because like people think of the like, oh, you're in a cover band now. Like I'm having more fun now um, than I guess it's a difference in like guys that might work like. 30 or 60 minute broadways in the indies and then go work the WWE style and work eight to 10 minutes, mm-hmm. but it's fun. Right? right. And so for me, like this is way easier. Um, you don't have the pressure of being on the road, but for me, I'm having more fun in music now than, than I ever have. We've been doing it for about nine years now. Uh, we've got it dialed in. We've got a really good, you know, fan base, got a good agent. It's mm-hmm. easy. I don't have to do anything with the booking. I just show up. Play. What was your band name before? before uh, so I was in, uh, I w- when I toured, it was in Goldmine Squad, mm-hmm. um, and then in Beretta Jane, and Beretta Jane was the band that did um, you know, the work with, uh, with work with MCW. Um, all that stuff's and still that on. Uh, with, with the Foo, Foo Fighters? Yeah, so Goldmine Squad played, we actually played uh, the 2005 HF Festival. So I was there. Right. Yeah, so I was just going to say, I feel like it. Yeah, the roles so, have been reversed right. because so I, I was, used right. to spend my summers at festivals and I would go see live music. So it was all the, the time. year that um, it was the year that uh, HFS went off the air and they replaced it with El Zol, and then HFS went to 105.7. Um, so they had a festival and they did like the, the big break contest every year where they had a local band open and you know it was our time. It was you know, um, so we got to open the main stage of the festival, played forty thousand people. It was like crazy. Our dressing room was next to Billy Idol. It was like a super <laughs> like surreal day, yeah. right? And we like. We caught our, uh, we caught like our, uh, our uh, tour manager was uh, in the bathroom, like s- smoking with, uh, you know, like the <laughs> other, like with two skinny J's and like some other band. I'm like, 
it's such a weird day. Right. And then like we were talking off air about like people uh, like people backstage being uh, dicks. Can we say dicks? Diaz. <laughs> yeah, we're good. Diaz. Is that cool? Okay. All right. Cool. <laughs> um, Let's just say it one more time. Yeah. Just to make so sure. um, it was funny the whole day. Like we're meeting like idol after idol after idol after idol coming by the dressing room being super kind, super gracious. The one guy, Bam Margera, was the biggest ass to us. And it was wow. like. He was probably all pilled up. Uh, yeah, but I'm like, bro, I just like talked to Dave Grohl and he treated me like like, uh, l- like a normal mm-hmm. human. Like, you're not big boy in me right now. So it was just like, it's weird. Yeah. Because even in the wrestling business, you find like, I've been very <coughs> blessed to meet many of my childhood heroes working for MCW, right? And by and large, like your mega, mega stars come in and they're very humble, very nice. It's the people that are just getting up to that level of fame that it's still like in their head and they're believing their own BS. And that was just like, wow, dude, like really with Bam. Have you followed yeah. any of that? I mean, oh, I it's so it. sad. And, and I'm, I'm sure he might have been having a bad day, right? It's it's like a once thing, but well, it was no, just really I funny. It, that, like, I like that because of the addiction. Have you followed any of that? It's like, so sad. Not really? No, he's just a mess, man. He and, never uh, recovered from when Ryan died. Yeah, I mean, that, he's that just, just he's just a mess with addiction. And mm-hmm. like Johnny Knoxville, he was like trashing them. And like Johnny Knoxville and Steve-O. They all got years sober. They've all gotten mm-hmm. sober, and um, they've beat their addictions, and they're doing well. And he's just—he was just a mess. I mean, if anybody's out there, um, several of us have—you know—it feels like most people have had someone close to them dealing with addiction, and how they just kind of just become a different person and lose their mind. And um, yeah, it's just—it's kind of sad because he was doing this last movie, and um, then he was like trashing Stevo and. But he just basically was he was getting messed up, getting yeah. tr- and he can't he can't get past, um, he can't get past his addictions. He's yeah. having trouble getting past it's his awful. addictions, and it's a, uh, yeah. That's I kind of follow it. I fan of like Johnny Knoxville and those guys, and yeah. he, I guess like recently he was being vocal, and then Steve O kind of spoke up and was yeah. basically like, "Hey man, we're just we're just trying to help you, like, and uh, you don't want to get help." So, mm-hmm. well, you yeah. yeah, and that's the thing. You, they, the light bulb has to go off. They have mm-hmm. to want the help, yeah. but. But yeah, it was just it was just funny that like of all the people that day, right. like if I was gonna make a list of people that I thought would big boy me, I'd have been like Dave Grohl might big boy me, mm-hmm. you know Chris Martin from Coldplay might big boy me, Billy Idol might call, you know, Bam Margera's gonna big boy <laughs> like oh wow really dude like cool that's that uh, like and the Foo Fighters <laughs> just did Madison Square Garden yeah yeah so and it, with Chappelle did you sh- it was awesome he yeah. sang Creep yeah was that just amazing yeah, or yeah. yeah. people like Dave Grohl is like. I said the same thing about Roddy Piper off air. Like, two of just the nicest human beings mm-hmm. that I've ever met in my entire life. It was just like, I, it's a, it was just, I, I can't say enough good right. things about it. Dave Grohl was so gracious to our band and just like so nice to us. And it's like, you always remember that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so it's like when people, I think some people like dump on Dave because they think his act on stage is like, him right. acting gracious is is a is a work right and it's not like he's like that's that's him mm-hmm. that's what he does right and, he's and it's consistently just, like that i've seen them several yeah. times and oh yeah and it's like, like and, and they'll get out there and kill it for like yes. three hours yes. man like they just yeah i don't i don't understand the uh the hate for the foo fighters and i was mm-hmm. getting to arguments with people because i think the foo fighters are better than nirvana send me your hate <laughs> send me your hate if you want to if you want to see something funny um youtube patrice patrice o'neill He's a comedian. Yeah, he's passed away. Patrice O'Neill breaks down white people's um, <laughs> addiction or to the song "Creep," and he, uh, <laughs> it's freaking hilarious. I saw it in the comments after I watched Chappelle cover it. 
and Patrice O'Neill breaks down how the song Creep like <laughs> mentally controls white people. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's freaking hilarious. I'm going to have to write that it's, down because I'll forget. It's hilarious. Yeah, it's Patrice really O'Neill, fun. he uh, R.I.P. Uh, Patrice O'Neill. He used to be a writer for WWE actually. Did he really? Yeah, he was a writer for WWE for uh, a bit of, a bit of time uh, during the Freddie Prince Jr. days. Yeah, you two Patrice O'Neill breaks down Radiohead's <laughs> Creep. And it's funny. I wasn't aware. Well, my notes. I, I wasn't aware that white people Patrice were like intimately associated people. with that's oh, the that's song. What I put you, for my but notes. when you listen, when I listen, listen to the breakdown, I'm like, this is so true. Yeah. And he and he and then it, it, this was done years ago. He gave this yeah. breakdown, but then then you go and then watch the video of Dave Chappelle covering Creep, and you see like, <laughs> yeah, he's kind of got a point. You know what I mean? He's kind of got a point. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. It's funny. It's good. Well. Fans, take a look at that. I know I'm going to take a look at it. I know. I wrote my notes here. It says creep white people, so I will remember. (laughs) Real quick, before we move on from this topic of conversation, you mentioned a few names in the music industry. I'm just curious, did you ever run into any sour pusses in the the wrestling industry, whether it was, you know, working at Jimmy's Place or any of the other ones, anyone that you approached with all humility just to do your job? And so, like, for me, not to jump in there, there have been times when I've approached certain people who kind of gave me an air of, I don't have time to be bothered with you in my face right now to tell you where I'm from. Like, so so come back to me, like, you know, get out of my zone, eh, or just ask somebody else. So you ever have anybody that kind of was on the wrong side of the bed, like someone, like, had pooped in their Cheerios that morning and just... I can't think of any, like... Any like nationally renowned folks that that ever treated me like that, uh, but most of the time with them, I wouldn't really need to you approach them. Right, right. right. yeah, yeah. Right. Right. Them. And, or if you were like me, you had an iPad, you could just like Tara, yeah, yeah, like yeah. Tara. Like, are you kidding me? It's the best there is. The best <laughs> right. there was. Like, <laughs> I you know, know what I mean, I don't need to come to you. My feelings are hurt. But yeah. to your point earlier, there have been some yeah. like some local guys when I was cutting my teeth. I'm like, I- I'm sorry, I don't work here all the time. Right. I don't know, like. Yeah. Yeah, like they they're upset that you don't. Know. Yeah, right. don't know. Right. I'm like, here's the thing, NCW dude. I, w- team champion. I wore a suit right. for you, yeah. and I saw what your dude was wearing the last show. Like, I'm here to respect you. Like, right. give me what I need to right. to right. do this. But uh, you know what? And so what I would do is like I would do my research. Like the week leading up mm-hmm. to the show, I'd try to get the card from the promoter as much as you could. You know how much it changes. Um, but you know, I just wanted to do my homework okay. so at least I could meet them halfway and show them the respect coming up to. But I can't really think of like anybody that I approached that. You know, for like uh, on a like a fa- like I don't know like some of the people we've had like I'm looking at the wall like mm-hmm. Matt and Jeff super friggin' yeah. nice yeah. and like Cole aren't Cap- they two of the nicest dudes I mean, you ever meet? Yeah, like, just that's why I, as a guy as a guy that's been like friends with them for 20 years, man. I'm a guy like because they've gotten beat up online, you know, over the years. Oh my gosh, they so much, and I don't. I always I can't look at that stuff. You know, you know, you know, you're not supposed to go and like pay attention to Twitter and all that stuff. But anytime I'd see them get attacked, I'm like, man, you have no idea. Like, these are two of the most genuine, nicest human beings you'll ever meet, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you, you well, see. We got yeah. to do that thing when it was uh, Impact Wrestling. We did the thing with the Ectorage and them, mm-hmm. and it was it was on Impact Wrestling. And they were, like, so nice. And, like, Jeremy Borash was, they was so nice. And I got to, like, I got to ring an ounce on that. And it was, like, so, yeah. But I'm looking at, like. I don't know, Lita, like super, super nice. And like we already talked about Piper, DX, Ryback. Like, I don't know. I've like I've I'm just feel fortunate to have to have met all these people doing these shows. But yeah, you find the the people that are that are a little bit full of their own BS are the ones that like haven't quite quite reached the the pinnacle yet. And I think it's their frustration that that sometimes they'll they'll throw that at you. But again, for me, like I'm the ring announcer and I don't want 
somebody going back to the promoter being like, your ring announcer's backstage causing a problem with someone. Because yeah, I would expect right. your reaction <laughs> to be like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> right. like what? why? Like, I don't need to be dealing with this. Right. And I think that, res- like, that respect and that awareness for me comes with knowing what it takes to put a show on, right? So I, I don't, I, I wasn't in the wrestling business, but there's a lot of parallels to like what it takes to put a, a, a music show on and like getting into the mood and putting the set list together and figuring out all the logistics of making sure all the equipment works and what the set times are and making sure everybody's in their places where it needs, like, I don't have time to deal with like my guitar tech being like, oh, the bottled water is not what I thought it should yeah, be. Like, dude, yeah, like, no, I mean. like, I know, I know. yeah. And so like, I, I put myself in that, like, again, you're, you're an important part of the show, but like, if you pull the pie chart up, y- your slice isn't that big. Right. And so like, <clears throat> just, you know, do your job and don't cause, don't cause any trouble. Right. So I think don't create probably it just didn't stick with me because if I got a standoffish vibe, I would just <laughs> detach and be like, I'll just figure it out. Yeah. Like, I don't want to, I, I don't want, I don't want to cause any, you know, any strife uh, yeah. on a show day for, for anybody. I never got that either. From anybody, but I think that's again. I think that's because I'm a female. Yeah, I really, probably, yeah. I really think so. Like, I would be looking for you to get it from an actual female competitor that you went up to to ask, like, hey. Yes, I've had. You know, yeah. They were like, <laughs> you don't know who I am. <laughs> or who are you? You know, like that kind of vibe. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think to loop it back into MCW, what's been cool, like as the years have gone on, Dan and Dennis and and others, you know, RJ certainly did, and and Dean trusted me with more. Uh, backstage stuff, you know, as we were um, transitioning to being more of a streaming, uh, you know, promotion, um, we had to kind of get rid of the copyrighted music. So I was like, yeah, absolutely, working with guys on music. I remember working with, uh, I'll bring the Ectoraj up again because we did like a bunch of sounders for them, and we did like a a theme. It was kind of like the NWO theme where we had like we had Dirty Money and Chapel and uh, Eck coming in with like these, you know, these sound effects and their voices, and like that music became like. We were able to create some signature stuff for guys. Ryan McBride's obnoxious uh, siren yeah. theme. Like, you know, th- those became signature. Like, really, MCW only had a couple of signature themes prior to that, and there were the things on that uh, the Rage album. Yeah. You know, so, like, RJ's music, and, mm-hmm. you know, Brandon Scott used a, a, a song off of that. So we had a couple of songs that were signature, but, like... We recycled those, because yeah, that right, CD was right. from when I was oh, still yeah. actively wrestling, and then when we came back, These guys would show up with copyrighted music, and we're like, you're getting track yeah, four of the Rage that. album. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's sad is one of them on there was my music, and I don't remember what it was because it was it, the Rage CD came out right when I broke my neck, uh, and I was like, I never really got to use my new music, and I to this day have no idea which yeah. one on the track it wa- which track it was. But, but like yeah. that was really rewarding, getting to kind of mm-hmm. like I mean, getting in getting in a talent's head a little bit and trying to bring you know some of it. I mean, you know, I'm certainly not a a Jim Johnston or a Mikey Ruckus or those guys that are like doing it for you know a living, but it was nice to have that like that interaction and be mm-hmm. able to bring a little bit of what I offered in music to be able to accentuate the product. And then um, when we were doing the rebrand, um, you know, um, I got to collaborate on the logo. Um, my drummer is, is a graphic artist mm-hmm. by trade. And, um, you know, I worked with him on the logo. I remember we were, um, we were on the road. So, uh, who's your drummer? Jason Ruben. I didn't know he was your drummer. Oh, he's my drummer. I didn't know that. Yeah. So he's done a ton of stuff for you in the real stuff. estate yeah, side, real too. Estate yeah, logos, Ruben yeah. is super talented. He did the, um, he did the cast MCW, logo. The MCW cast. I had no idea that was your drummer. Yeah, so that's my drummer. Yeah, yeah small world stuff. Um, yeah, and, and yeah so it's he did. Yeah, he did that. Great did for that. us from a promotional standpoint, because we like yeah. for Here's to the Night, because all of our marketing is, is really, we don't have to, our vision comes to life because it's being done by someone mm-hmm. who's in there with the vision. 
and uh, and Rue has gotten really good at like he he had little to no direction. I don't believe on this logo at all. Well, I kind of I, but that's what I like about him. Like I could say, I yeah, gave you him sketched up points. on like pencil, pencil, like, like yeah. real crappy because I, my eleven year old draws better than I do. <laughs> um, it, like I <laughs> just a couple weeks ago, we drew dinosaurs, and my eleven my eleven year old just was cracking up and i finally got up and said don't ever ask me to draw anything again she's like going oh my god dad this is terrible like i'm looking at her drawing of a dinosaur next to mine and i'm just like this is embarrassing you know what i mean and she she thought so too um well you go to her and be like let's see you put a wrestling show together (laughs) shut up yeah 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 yeah. so so that's the that's i'm a pretty bad drawer so yeah my way so so i i did this really like (laughs) awful drawing with a couple bullet points and was like, yeah, this no, my my kid didn't do this. I did, but this can you kind of understand what I want? And oh, and like, he just it, it was the first, uh, yeah, it was, it was his like first pass, and he sent yeah, it to me. Day, and he, yeah. I, I remember he put um, he put RJ's initials on the uh, on the, the the headset. And uh, after I was done crying for about ten minutes, I was like, dude, this is perfect. Like yeah. they're gonna love it. Yeah, because then and I texted like, you and said, did you tell him to do this? I know, and and I, but I thought you had told him to do no, it. Uh-uh, and so no, I, I, and I didn't know until you texted me that it wasn't anybody's idea. It was just his vision of. Well, th- this is kind of the first, you know, big thing that we're doing since since he passed, and we should well, p- pay and, tribute and, to him and, and in that we way. It was about, like, and we talked about how he kind of had a RJ kind of had a hand in that because we were dormant for so long because we all just kind of, well, we were overwhelmed with everything that was going on with the the, the you know the gimmick and uh, the shutdowns and everything, and we kind of almost fell into a hole where we were used to being shut down and not, but like RJ's passing. We all kind of were like, we got it. Like, RJ was like the cornerstone of the company. Even though we can't do anything, we have to do something. Um, and everybody was kind of in on that, so we put the the Bruiser Strong to show together, which was as much of a tribute as we could do at a time at a time that we couldn't do anything. And it was just such – I went back and watched it the other week. It was just – I think it's the, the, the most – just the best thing we've ever put together. It was yeah. just, it was so from the heart. It was so well done. It was so honest and, and, and raw. And it was just, right. It was, it was awesome. very raw. And then that led us to go, well, mm-hmm. you know what? Like, cause I saw so much of the fans and I saw fans like, I forgot about you guys. Yeah. <laughs> I saw a lot of that and was like, I'm glad you put something out. It's almost like we forgot at that point. Mm-hmm. It had been eight or nine months you well, know, since yeah, and so, seeing people here, yeah, that seeing night people, and all, so yeah, yeah. So, so we were like, which led us to this, and right? We're like, well, well, if we can't do wrestling, and at that point it was so shut down that it was like, you can't, we can't do anything and put it out, or the athletic commission and the health department. So we were like, well, we can sit in a room and talk yeah. about mm-hmm. wrestling, and um, that's kind of yeah. So he did, in a lot of ways, kind of touch and had his fingers on that happening. So it was. I was like, when he sent that, I, that's why I was like, did you? It was like, no, I don't even know. And I, I just thought it was kind of like, well, we got to leave it because it's so weird that he just put that yeah. and RJ did. And well, we look like the Spider-Mans pointing at each other because we thought the other one had yeah, told him to do yeah, it. Yeah, so. So. But no, but the coolest thing that I've gotten, I mean, by far the coolest backstage thing that I've gotten to do is is, is be uh, a part of designing the, the titles. Right. I'm a, I am a belt mark. I've been a belt mark. I have a letter that I wrote the WWF when I was six or seven. <laughs> Um, they they sold like the plastic winged eagle replicas, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I want a real like I want a real belt. And th- this was like, you know, I, I was way ahead of my time in terms right. of 
Um, and they wrote back like this really nice form letter, like shut up kitten by the phone one. But, um, you know, so to like, I got to like go back and forth with you over the, and we were like, man, like I'll do this and do that and make this, that. And, you know, so, uh, I've been involved in design of the, of the new heavyweight title, the tag titles. We got another one, you know, the rage, the rage one coming TV up title um, and getting to collaborate yeah. on that and learn <laughs> what that business is like and how, how they get made and, and everything that goes into it. Like, it's, it's just really cool. Like. When that title was done, I just look over my shoulder because it's sitting right there um, and being like, yeah, that's cool. So it, for me, like I've carved out a way that when the next young whippersnapper comes into this company and Dan takes a look at me and says, your time has passed in the ring, like I can still contribute. Sure. Right. Like I, and, and I enjoy yep. this just as much. So like there's going to come a time where he's like. Eh, don't Listen you do now. don't you do don't you do the same <laughs> stuff, man? Yeah, yeah, so like, but that's because we have that love for the product. Right. Like, it isn't about one singular role that one person plays. You know, like because I feel that too. You right. know, like well, you. I mean, th this place couldn't run without you. <laughs> no, stop. It, it couldn't. No, it, it. I just. You are the hardest. Want to find it? I want. I, I believe in everything, and I don't want to leave. And I hope that I never get too old and get shown the door. <laughs> so. Well, you know those budget cuts are coming, and you know yeah. we're going to be looking for uh, the, the highest paid folks. Well, so know that, but that, that. <laughs> but that goes back to people right, that safe. people that understand that. I mean, another guy that you know, there's a lot of guys that, but a lot of guys, girls, but like a guy like Ramblin' Rich who. Uh, was it, you know, he could have been a guy that was like, oh, no, man, like, I want one more match or this and that. But Rich, like, is like from an engineer kind of standpoint, we call him our engineer. But so he is just like the awesome guy that could dude. he could literally take a ring apart and, you know, p take all the pieces, all the screws undone and lay them out on a floor and put it back together. Mm -hmm. and, um, staging and every everything stage like that. we've and ever had. He's built and somehow yeah, love every minute of it. He right. just, you know, he yeah. just, yeah, loves just it. like yeah. so there's a lot of people that do that, but it's. That's not everybody. Like some people just can't let go. Like, yeah. oh, well, yeah, I'd, I'd like to do this, but um, I'd also like uh, one more run as MCW champion. Right. Yeah, <laughs> or, you know what I mean. And it's <laughs> right. like, well, no, you know, right. like, and like, I think the the, the big thing that I just I, I know we got to go home, but that there are so many people behind the scenes here that don't get recognized mm -hmm. that make this. I mean, it, th putting this together is a tremendous amount of work. Uh, putting the uh, the breakthrough shows that we've started doing that are awesome, you know, putting all that stuff together. We have such a talented team of people behind the scenes that, like, a lot of promotions, you know, independent promotions don't have that. And I think that's really one of the things that sets us apart. So kudos to, like, everyone that has anything to do uh, with any of that because I think that that's a, a huge part of our yeah, ability well, to do absolutely. this. And I always give this spiel when the new students show up, you know, and if I, if I have to give a tour or anything like that, I'm always like, look, you're not all going to be wrestlers, okay? But we have all these other things. We do everything in-house. So, like, if you want to be here, we'll find something for you to do, you know? Like, if you secretly have a hidden talent or something please tell us what it is because the reality of it is you're probably gonna quit like it's gonna hurt and you're gonna you're gonna get hurt and you're probably gonna quit happens, yeah. like yeah. i mean i've been here for a minute so you know i can say that in honesty and you know well that doesn't mean you can't contribute and that and I not think, only not contribute but yeah. end up with a career right. in the industry doing graphics or doing, you know, birthday Andrew, parties. Who would have thought that right. was a job? You oh, yeah. know, Andrew, but look like at Andrew. Andrew, Andrew, you know, Andrew was our works cameraman. Sure. Behind you know? the scenes, for WWE. he works on SmackDown now. Yeah, and is he on SmackDown? Yeah. he got bumped up from yeah, NXT. He's, he's not on NXT. He's on the main roster now. He got that. Got that call up. Yeah, and as Shout a out guy and doing production and all yeah, that. Yeah, he does he all kinds of production here. stuff. Mm -hmm. 
Um, you know, and when WWE called, they called one. Of, they called us for references. Right. right. And look so, at Jesse. I yeah, mean, Jessie making her transition yeah. to. So know. there is. There's so many. There's, and that's the thing we try to. You, you know, it's not just about helping us, but there's potential in the business that you could end up. You know, making a living just doing. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be in the ring because, believe me, not everybody has a, a bump card. You no, know, indeed. some just don't have them. You know, believe yeah. me, it's 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 um it's not for everybody. I certainly, if I could go back, I don't know how long I would have stayed wrestling as I did. You know, it's you got one more in you. Huh? <laughs> you got one more in you. <laughs> not after that yeah. spear. As, as long as I'm not wrestling, cue the dog. Right. <laughs> right. On that yeah. note, we're going to yeah. take our final break, and when we come back, we're going to do a little bit of a weekly roundup. And uh, some closing thoughts with Danny Mays. Stay tuned. And we are back here, episode 24 of the MCW cast with our special guest, ring announcer Danny Mays. And at this point, with our, our last kind of you know talk with whoever our guest is, we go to any questions that the MCW faithful may have had to, to pose to our, our guests. So, yeah. Tara. We got a couple of questions. Um, what was your scariest in ring moment? Like, did you have it, did you have a scary in ring? Yeah, okay. no, I did. Um, <laughs> I don't remember what show it was. Um, I've tried to block it out as much as I could. It was a uh, uh, Bruiser and and Ryan in a cage was the main event, and um, and they and it, the feud had been built really well. So I mean, the cage match like it was it was it was warranted. Like it, there was it was a blood mm-hmm. feud, and um, Ryan came out first, and uh, I was in the cage because we were doing in ring introductions, and um. Bruiser's music hit. Okay, everything's cool. Um, and I had turned away because Ryan was, you know, Ryan's always jawing something at you, you know. So I was paying attention to Ryan, and uh, out of my peripheral, I, I see a steel chair coming over the cage in very close proximity to my face. And I look, and Bruiser just has a stack of them, on, and he's just <laughs> throwing them from the ramp. So I, like, got up on the turnbuckle, and there's this amazing photo of me with this look of fear on my face. <laughs> And it's a hundred percent legitimate because I was out of places to go because Ryan was blocking the cage door, and you know the the ring announcer mentality is, well, I've got to do in rings for this, so I've got to find a way to be in the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I do- ducked and dodged, and uh, they they got in the ring, and and when <laughs> Bruiser got there, he was laughing so hard because <laughs> he had seen, you know, it was just right. like no one told me that it was happening. It was probably intentional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the, the best rib <laughs> since this, the Brandon Scott sending Brandon Scott out <laughs> right. to tell me to stop recording, to, <laughs> to get, get me heat for telling people not record stuff. But uh, but yeah, no, that was by far the scariest. But like looking back on it, it was like it was so funny. And um, wow, yeah. well, fans, if you want to look back on that, it's Seasons Beatings 2015. By okay, the way. all right, so. see that. The historian. No, it's right. not me. It's I'm being fed these lines, so oh. like I 100 percent admit this. You got somebody like, in your ear, okay? I'm like, oh, yeah, it's oh, the watch. Okay. All right, <laughs> it's it helps me. Yeah, and it was a gr- and, and by the way, amazing match too. Like come come for uh-huh. the come for my uh, near decapitation. <laughs> stay for the cage match. It was really awesome. Watch the fear in Danny's that. eyes. Yeah. I do. I remember yeah. that too. <laughs> All right. Um, another question. What um, w- you know, you're in the music industry. So, who is your favorite musician or band? Ever? Yeah, ever. Um, I, I would probably say Blink, uh, Blink One Eighty Two, just because yeah. of the influence it had on me. Like some of the stuff hasn't maybe aged as well for me, like maturity wise mm-hmm. now. But um, and I was also into like my I was my dad was like into tons. I mean, I was into like the Eagles when I was younger, and like 
uh, Mary Chapin Carpenter mm-hmm. was it was it like I, I loved her when I was a kid I knew every I like word to every one of her songs right yeah. my oh, dad was in a band my dad was in a band my, too, so, so my grandma yeah. was in I was Elvis. just throwing that out yeah, so, no but <laughs> no but my grandma's real that's, so, that's a typical what, the that's a typical white person no yeah. man like question Elvis, Elvis? Elvis? what about Elvis? the king yeah, no no <laughs> don't stop believing like, yeah. uh, no but like and like even like Luciano Pavarotti my grandparents were into that and I lived with my grandparents for a little bit when I was younger and like yeah, so I mean, it's like I, I was all over the place, but I would say if I had to narrow it in, I would say Blink probably had the biggest influence on me becoming a musician and learning entertainment. Mm-hmm. So I would probably hang my hat on that. Interesting. And Travis Barker is kind of having a resurgence in his career now, teaming with some younger guys. So he drums for every musical act yeah, ever now. And yeah, and wait, I just was listening to an interview. He was collaborating with someone. Anyway. He collaborates sure with everyone. Travis yeah, Barker yeah. Ha- is just one of the smartest people in the entertainment industry. He is like. He's been put over as like the greatest drummer. You know, it it would Which, be very hard I mean, to argue. It, fighters, you right. know, well, I mean, well, no, it'd be very hard had, to argue you know, that David Travis isn't right. Like any metric that you could measure. Right. I mean, if you measure best by success, mm-hmm. get, give me somebody in the current landscape who's more successful right. at ma- making a living off drums right. than Travis. Right. So. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. Um, Questlove. <laughs> I love Questlove. All right, another question. Speaking of people you love, um, who is the, your favorite person you've met in wrestling so far? Like, out of your... Um, there's been so many, but uh, absolutely, positively, unequivocally, Mean Gene Okerlund. Um, I got a chance to meet him when he was here. Also got a chance to have lunch with him the next day and just the stories that he had about... Because there were so many, like, pull-back-the-curtain moments of, mm-hmm. like, what was going on when this happened and when that happened? And he was so gracious with just, like, I've never... I was, like, a little kid Indian style in the classroom <laughs> when the teacher was telling stories. It was, like, one of the most memorable experiences of my life, and then we lost him a couple weeks later. So I just, was like... wearing this outfit when I met him. Uh, oh, no, that's really random. I was, I too. I remember that's that crazy. night. No, but, like, I remember... You're right. He was super gracious and super yeah. easy to talk to. Like, yeah, he was memorable. Yeah, I mean, uh, and just, sure. like, I have, uh, I have a picture of me banging shots with me and Gene Okerlund at Jimmy's and like it sits in my <laughs> office and I'm like yeah you've lived life but have you ever drank tequila with me and Gene Okerlund like yeah, true, and yeah, then true and then the funny so true. funny thing Adam Jones was mm-hmm. in town that night and actually Gene waited for him at Jimmy's because Adam wanted to meet him so bad so I got a chance to sit with oh, wow. Adam Jones me and Gene Okerlund and it was like what is life right now <laughs> like it was awesome wow that's amazing yeah, yeah. it was awesome all right well that's the questions I have for you uh, I got a question, mm-hmm. you know, from one announcer to another announcer. You got to always have your eyes on, like, uh, you know, the ones that came after you. So we have a pretty lush, uh, you know, collective of voices that are doing the thing right now in MCW Pro. What are your thoughts on uh, some of the other voices that are coming up, like Rosadia, uh, you know, Nicole, who's um, doing the breakthrough mm-hmm. with, with Kim? I really love what they're doing with the – I loved the Road Back series. I thought it was really cool. Um, I thought it was a great way to introduce – well, reintroduce and introduce, mm-hmm. respectively, uh, them to the audience. Um, I think Rosaria's uh, coming along really well. I, and I think it's cool that these folks have so many people to learn from. It goes mm-hmm. back to those uh, those folks behind the scenes. Like, they're learning so much from, uh, you know, from people as they go. So they're kind of learning on the job. I mentioned Pat. I think the world mm-hmm. of Pat um, as a ring announcer, a human. Um, so I, I think he's, you know, he's great. Um, I, I think we have a really talented uh, announcing mm-hmm. crew and uh, – you won't get me to talk bad about any of them. There's no. Yeah. Well, <laughs> half of them are sitting at the table. So right. <laughs> true, indeed. You know who I want to see back? Right. I wouldn't mind seeing Mike Thunder. Um, yeah. You know, reemerge here. Yeah, in and you MCW. know he was he was a student. He ring announced a couple of shows for us. The last yeah. one being. And you know who Perry I really Hall, liked? That, he, yeah. 
Yeah. Katie Sparks. I don't mm-hmm. know what's 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 she was great happened as a to her. Correspondent. She was awesome in North Fantastic. Carolina. It's a long drive for yes. her, but she like the fact that she hasn't been picked up by a major promotion for me yeah. completely I blows agree. my mind because she's she's humble. Obviously, she look yeah, she has the look. Right. Um, she's really talented, and it's just like for me, I'm just like, what what else do you guys? What else do you need? Like that. Right. She, and she was everything like, was so natural with her. Yep. I loved working backstage with her when she, like. Because Nat and I would write the promos and stuff, and then we'd film them. And it, I loved working with her because I I would just have to give her like the gist of the match or something, and then she'd be like, "Okay." And because she's in the business, she understood it, and she could. It, yeah. yeah. So I guess my I answer her. is we got a really deep bench, probably deeper than we've ever had, and so uh, I just hope I don't turn into Chris Davis and start uh, striking out a bunch and find <laughs> myself uh, injured. You know, it's <laughs> not gonna happen. Future endeavors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Right. All right, any more? Um, well, yeah, that was my question. Uh, I guess um, at this point we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up with maybe some around the horn with what's going on in the in the uh, the world of independent wrestling. It's really getting fired back up. Huh? Oh it my gosh, like. yeah, I'm booked all the way out through October. Yeah, yeah, you know, I'm just getting shows. You know, pretty much every. Is there any states that aren't open for wrestling? No, I think we were probably one of the last ones. Yeah, I, I think so. So yeah, because New York is New York. Are they doing? I mean, they. They got to be right. They Madison Square Garden was full the other night, so they got to be doing wrestling shows again. I'm sure. Yeah, I think that the the WWE the date is. I don't know if it's been announced. But I mean, indie wrestling shows. I guess. Uh, no, I haven't gotten any indie wrestling dates. I mean, I, I guess did. that's a bad comparison because literally, pro wrestling was the last thing to open up <laughs> in the state of Maryland. Yeah. yeah, like literally, like pro wrestling by anything sanctioned by the athletic commission. We were the last thing to get. The green light. Which is weird because they're normally super liberal. So, <laughs> what's that? <laughs> the commission, you know, always. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, I, I, you know, we could go on. I just think like, uh, every, it, it didn't make sense. What didn't make sense to me is the commission. It's all under this. It's all under the the governor, the rule of the governor, yeah. of the state of Maryland. So. I mean, you know, we could go. We could do a whole podcast. I was going to say, I'd like to formal. I've I've done this in the comments of other. I, we need a Dan McDevitt podcast. There's he has so much to talk about that like. <laughs> just give me one on the commission. I'll be here. That's for what hours. I'm saying. Right, right. Let's give me one. The Let me write this. I'll write the show me, notes. Oh yeah, I would. <laughs> boy. And then we're the, going to have Pat in via satellite on the TV and let you guys go. Do at you know it. how much I would love to have Pat in here? But it would be. Two hours of circle talking. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Also, probably a, f- a little colorful language. Probably, I yeah, bet you. Yeah, it was. It was a frustrating couple months. And again, like we got to it, we're here. But it was, it was for me. I don't mind saying this, and I'm not saying anything. I wouldn't. I haven't said to Pat. It was just. It was pretty frustrating hearing like all this other stuff opened up, and and the Orioles are at 100% capacity, and here on the Ravens announced they're going to 100% capacity. And at that time, still saying, well, can we go? No. You know, like, I don't, you know, so it was a, you know, we're here, you know, but it, it was, I felt like we could have been here a couple months ago, just me and my personal opinion. Yeah. But, um, we're here, and yep. the commission were cleared. That's right. There's a light at the end of the tunnel, like I said last episode. And also, I want to correct myself. Last episode, when we were talking to Two Dope and Sideswipe, I was mentioning, Dope mentioned that he catches up on Ring of Honor. And I said at one point, well, Ring of Honor's the last wrestling that's on, like, regular TV. So if you don't have cable mm-hmm. or you don't have the internet, you know, you can watch your Ring of Honor with just some bunny ears. Totally forgetting that SmackDown is on Fox, which was a right. huge thing, you know. Oh. So I, I kind of... 
I kind of shot myself in the foot there last week, so I just want to give that addendum, of course, Ring of Honor on Fox, NCW, and all the Sinclair-affiliated stations, but also, of course, WWE SmackDown on, on Fox. So last episode I said that. I want to just give myself a little correction here. Um, okay. And, hey, if you liked hearing what Danny Mays had to say here on the MCW cast, episode 24, we'll just wait till July 24th at MCW Resurrection when this man is doing the thing. Are you going to be here? I will. Is Kakoa going to finally defend the title? That's well, what I need to know. Tara's on the championship here. committee, so to, 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 like one of the things, one of the reasons <laughs> we have Danny Mays here sometimes, you're, you've been really successful with your band, so you're you guys get a lot of work. So yeah, we, no, it's it, you got to balance it. Um, you know, the guys have families to feed, and I'm you know cognizant of if, if it's a date for the band, and that's you know again putting over Pad and mm -hmm. Tara, and there's there's other people that can jump in, but I would not. Uh, I would not miss Resurrection for the world. I, uh, it, it's been too long, and there's there's just nothing beats, no matter what I've done in entertainment, being in front of a live jazzed wrestling crowd is just yeah, and you know they will be yeah <laughs> yes indeed because yep. they're chomping at the bit. You know, the MCW cast has been able to satiate a little bit of the appetite and breakthrough in the Bruiser Tribute Show, but nothing is going to compare to when we open those doors right here at the MCW Arena for our fans to kick off Resurrection. So there's your blockbuster announcement. I'm ring announcing. <laughs> That's it. Resurrection. Mark it down, yeah. Buy the damn tickets. Mark it on your calendar. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Tickets are on sale, so, you know, that's... Uh it, maybe you will have someone come just to see you, Danny Mays. I, I, I sincerely hope someone comes and makes me a, I, I want a sign. Please, someone make a Danny. Yes. Is, make a sign that says, I'm here Bobby for Harris, Danny Harris, I will Mays. buy your ticket Please. for you. DM me. I will buy your ticket if you make me a sign. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, and a Where's Kakoa sign. Well, there's the challenge. Sign. It's out there to the MCW faithful. Come out and see great action on the 24th. Come see our great ring announcer, Danny Mays. Come and, see us all. And tune in next week. Yeah, make sure MCW you're checking Camp. it out on all the places that you listen to your podcast. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Breaker, Radio Public, and CastBox. And last but not least, do not forget to comment, like, and share on Facebook and YouTube. And also, we all have handles on Twitter, although some of us don't use them. Um, me, <laughs> right over here. And... Thank you to our coffee club members who buy us a coffee every week. We really, really appreciate that. We have switched to iced coffee, by the way. Still the same price. We appreciate it nonetheless. And I want to give a personal shout-out to Salt and Pepper Lawn Care, who hooked me up with a really great job on my lawn this week. So there we go. I think I covered it all. Yeah, I got a few shout-outs <laughs> to give. I, I want to I jump in on this. I want to give a shout-out to GCW Game Changer Wrestling, yeah. doing a show in Laramie, Wyoming. And for the life of me, I'm thinking to myself, who wants to go to Wyoming to see a wrestling show? Is there even a fan Is there base wrestling in Wyoming? Right, exactly. <laughs> well, I watched the broadcast. I watched the broadcast on Fight TV. One of the competitors on that show, WWE Hall of Famer Ricky Morton, and the commentator, Kevin Gill, put over on commentary that after this match, Ricky Morton will have wrestled in all 50 states. So shout out to GCW for being aware of something like mm -hmm. that, that someone with as much of a legacy in the industry as Ricky Morton hadn't actually wrestled in all 50 states. I consider him an American treasure. That's definitely a treasure in the wrestling industry. So mm -hmm. that was uh, that warmed my heart. And it kind of came, Aww. it all came together because I'm like, what are they doing? <laughs> um, and it did turn out to be a really fun kind of barnyard show. Yeah. People rode out on horses, on mules. Oh, wow. Uh, one guy right. walked a goat to the ring. <laughs> um, just all types of tomfoolery. But yeah, shout out to uh, GCW uh, for, for giving Ricky Morton his 50th state to wrestle in. That's great. Very good. And they named the show Outlaw Mud Show. 
So really to, really, really to needle Jim Cornette, they named oh, the show is. GCW Presents Outlaw Mud Show. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's going to that's gonna wrap it up for us, you know. We'll um, see you next week. All right. Yeah. Thanks, Danny, for joining us. Thanks so much for having me, guys. That's a blast. 